0: Welcome to Dorks on Sports podcast about four dorks talking about sports. My name is Daniel. Joining me, as always, is my dear friend and compatriot Curtis Eastwood. How are you doing over there, Curtis? I'm doing well. What are you What are you munching on? That looks. Um,
1: good. I don't know. I got hungry like twenty minutes ago, and I'm yeah. There's the, a uh, boom chikapaw <laughs> oh, wheat man. and salt kettle corn from oh. um, Costco.
0: Next time, send some over to me. Because now I'm a little snacky. <laughs> Thanks. All right, and then uh, welcome back, Alana. Alana, you, uh, of course, uh, who, who was on a Las Vegas vacation. How'd it go? Uh, it went really
2: well. We um, had my background's Blue Man Group. We saw them. Uh-huh. Uh, it was really nice. Uh, I had seen them in New York in a tiny little theater, so it was a different experience seeing them in Vegas in a much larger space. Um, mm-hmm. But the kid del- was delighted by it and. Done, uh, we had a, yeah we had a good time overall
0: nice Yeah. yeah what, what else did you do there we saw O which I thought Blue Man Group was
2: way better than O um, but I have a particular perspective on that uh, we went to Omega Mart which was pretty disappointing it was like oh. hey let me give uh, it felt like let's give these uh, college students a bunch of money and see what they can do with it and that's <laughs> right. what they did with it uh, <laughs> right. we had a couple of really good meals one from Roy Joy's restaurant um he's the like korean food truck guy yeah, yeah, yeah. um uh, and that was that was great that,
0: that uh, place and, i i went there when i was in vegas in yeah. uh september uh, i went there as well and yeah um, it was up. real
2: good and then uh jamie tran's restaurant which is called black sheep she was on uh top chef and she was like front of house uh and uh she comped our desserts because what uh, yeah i introduced her to the kid who was a big fan of hers and she was like tickled by meeting uh like eight-year-old fans so oh did she make it was... her
3: fun little laugh
2: <laughs> she did she did it was great i was like was i loved awesome. it I, I got a little starstruck which is weird because i'm not that's not typically my ammo.
0: yeah las vegas
2: underrated food place oh i i don't even yeah i would say it's not even underrated i mean they're thousands of great restaurants all the big chefs have restaurants there
0: yeah it's uh it's a really great food city yeah uh millie how are you doing over there
3: oh i am uh, i'm doing really well i'm bouncing uh-huh. right back because i'm cold um <laughs> i can't have my heater on while we record or you'd never be able to hear me um so yeah i'm doing great ask me about my fantasy team i
0: know i was uh, always um, um i'm you know it's the one thing i have going now that the seahawks aren't going into the playoffs so right? uh, so yeah.
3: so here we go it is time i won i won i won i won i'm in the championship game here there we go is. Is the, so you all can be, just be rooting for the fluffernutters oh for
0: sure absolutely fluffernutters the fluffers, fluffers.
3: The Listen. Even
0: yeah. if I knew that the fluffer nutters wasn't your team, I'd be rooting for the <laughs> fluffer nutters.
3: It's it's true. Especially, yeah. I'll have to send you all my little um, avatar for the fluffer nutters because it's adorable. Um. Anyway, yeah, we uh, we killed it. I mean, I just for the first time in a long time, I made all the right decisions. Nice. I made some <laughs> some choices that to others might have seemed questionable but who
0: did you end up starting at quarterback did you go with burrow
3: i did go with joe burrow there you go that's why you did it on his most amazing week ever yeah he's
1: the real deal right like he's legit yeah he's 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 like he's gonna be franchised yeah
3: yeah, he threw yeah. what was it 545 yards mm-hmm. it, was, it was ridiculous it was the craziest it was the craziest game it was super wonderful and i mean i would have been fine with josh allen too so you know i, I had a feast all my all the backups that i had to play for covid totally delivered um, and and i uh i took uh the, the strange choice to others was probably that i took an eagles defense that just killed it so <laughs> yeah. uh I had an awesome week. I also won in my consolation bracket. So I am now in the finals for the consolation with Malvolio's revenge. Um, and, uh, if I, if I get that right, you know, I can get that first round pick or take the sixth round pick. If I decide to keep a first round pick from last year. So it's good. stuff. like
0: Millie. She's a, a fantasy football champion.
3: Yeah, yeah, she I think she's I'm doing. doing get all that out because I, I don't see real people in real life very often anymore. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. Stuff that no one cares about. <laughs> okay, well,
0: let's jump in um, to the podcast here. Uh, Seattle um, faced uh, the lowly Chicago Bears who of course were playing uh, Nick Foles, who can be a dangerous quarterback. Uh, And Nick Foles did exactly what I was afraid Nick Foles was going to do. Um, It ended up, uh, the the game was super frustrating for me. ended up reminding me of that uh, Tennessee Titans game, you know, in week two or week three or whatever that was, which is like, you know, in that Tennessee Titans game, I was like, well, you know, the Tennessee Titans are good. You know, I don't, I'm not going to, it was a frustrating game. I'm not going to fault them too much. The Chicago bears are not good. And what Seattle did against the Chicago bears is what bad teams do. And I'm afraid to say it, but the Seattle Seahawks are a bad team. They do some really great things sometimes but they're just not consistent. And uh, when it counts, they just can't put the plays together. And um, I don't know, I I don't recognize this team and it's really frustrating. Um, Fortunately, unfortunately we get the Detroit lions next. I think the Detroit lions might be the kind of team that the Seattle Seahawks beats up on um, that we've seen, uh, you know, uh, throughout this season. Um, I, you know, uh, their quarterback isn't a quarterback that performs especially well against um, the Seahawks. And, you know, if Carlos Dunlap plays like he has the past two games, <laughs> you know, he could be under pressure. Um, well, Curtis, what do you think? H- how is this game going to go? What are the keys to the game? And uh, give me a prediction.
1: Oh my God. Um, Seattle's got to run the ball. I mean, they just, that uh, Russell's, Russell's not right right now. Um
0: and penny is playing really
1: well what's that Mm
0: -hmm. and penny is playing really well
1: penny's playing well um you know dj dallas has had you know his uh good moments when he's been given the opportunity um uh i is a Russ is a chunk play play action quarterback that's that's who and what he was The, the 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 prettiest throw he threw all game last week against the bears was that you know, 41 yard DK. Dart that he threw. I actually think that this is the dart that he the the touchdown pass that he threw to Everett off of play. Oh sure. Yeah. Um because that was just a rope.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, uh right down the middle. Um you know, I mean the thing the thing to 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 DK was just, I mean, it was just blown coverage He we was wide open. Um <laughs> Yeah, so I just, I think it's, I think it's running the ball. I think, I think if Seattle would have ran the ball uh, all the way through the fourth quarter with the way Penny was going, um, they probably would have won that game. Um, I definitely think, um, you know, Russ eating that sack late in, you know, (laughs) quarter that got him, you know, and then, well, I mean, it was the kicker's job to make that kick, but. Yeah, it's just frustrating. I just I I just think there's Russ, Russ, Russ needs to take Mulligan for this year. I think they need to run. And then, you know, Goth is kind of a he 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 knows how to play against his P. Carroll defense. So um they've got to play better in coverage because, Ru- because Jared Goff can find he can find his own and the weaknesses yeah. that they expose. So I kind of think. <clears throat> I think that Seattle is going to have to sort of narrowly win this one. Um, I'm sort of thinking maybe 23 20 score. Um, Seattle
0: win. Yeah. All right. Alana.
2: So when nothing matters anymore, I root for chaos. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see, I want to see like nine Michael Mason fronts that land inside the 20. I want to see some weird, uh, Special teams plays. Uh, I want to see kick returns for touchdowns. I want to see more fucking snow because um, that was the best part of the game on Sunday. Like the weather, it was just like all this chaos. I loved it. Uh, when they tackle and they slide halfway down the field, just mm-hmm. um, so I just want chaos. I'm going to watch for chaos 35 14. I don't know the Seahawks yeah I don't know yeah <laughs> one, one team is gonna win
0: 35-14 I like it no that's a, uh. that's a strong that's a chaotic prediction yeah that's I mean like what else have the Seahawks been this year they have been extremely entertaining
2: at times the double punt is like the number one play for the season uh, yeah uh, I loved it I want more of that
0: yeah yes and their punter is like the
2: MVP Oh, it's unbelievable that he's not the Pro Bowl kicker, punter. Yeah, that like, a, unbelievable. That, it's I, a I, joke.
0: I, that's a, It's an absolute joke.
2: Yeah. But really? Dallas will get to the Super Bowl, and then he'll actually punt in the game.
3: Curtis was 23-20 Seahawks?
1: Nah, I just, I, I hate to stop it. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna do the same thing Alana just did. I'm just gonna say 23-20 and once team, one is team score twenty-three wins. and the other one is gonna score twenty. I don't fucking know anymore. I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> <They're> Terrible. <laughs> they just got beat by a terrible team. I just I can't I can't yeah. No you, like the real incisive well thought out content this week. Yeah, <laughs> on, yeah. On the Seahawks. Go down on yeah. the blog. Yeah. There's gonna, gonna be a score of 23-20. I, I have no idea who's gonna win this one.
0: Yeah, yeah. this <laughs> is what it looks like uh, when the Seahawks have a bad yeah. team. And the fans yeah. have just given up.
1: Oh. Jared Goff looks terrible against like you know uh, <laughs> most NFL. Companies. Most ed- except for Seattle. <laughs> right. <laughs> and he yeah. plays well, but he
0: doesn't have McVeigh this time. So you no,
1: know, no, he doesn't.
0: You know, I don't know, but he's got I Dan Campbell. Know. Yeah, yeah, that guy, and he and he will
1: bite your kneecaps. He will.
0: <laughs> Billy, what what do you got? How's the game going to go? What's your prediction?
3: Well, so here's my thing. One, I will say that that game was. <sighs> I fell asleep. Here's thing <laughs> It was a beautiful, cold, wintry day here in Seattle, and snow was just falling. And I fell asleep, uh, and I woke up, and it was not okay. It was the fourth quarter and it was not okay.
0: That was, it was, the game was theirs up until the fourth quarter.
3: I was like, what happened? But I will say this. Uh, I think it was on Friday that we found out that we were getting Nick Foles because of course in the pod last week, when we were talking about it, we're talking about getting this, this youngling back up. Yeah. It's going to be funny. No, no, we got Nick Foles. And I think that uh, we all have that moment of, Oh well, that changes everything. I mean, yeah. if I'd known it was like I, I think I said to you all in a chat, uh, he's not Fitz Magic, but he's backup Magic. And I there are certain quarterbacks that I don't bet against in a in a backup situation, especially when they have like two days to prepare, and and he's one of them.
0: Uh, absolutely yeah uh, i i wouldn't bet on him as a starter but nick Foles is the best backup in the league he's got he's got backup magic
3: it's patrick and Foles. like you just don't don't bet against them because they're gonna beat you so knowing that i'm gonna throw out something that uh i just learned uh about an hour ago which is that it is looking like jared goff might not be playing on sunday covid he no he hurt his knee And he didn't practice, which was pretty expected. But apparently at the presser, they trotted out Tim Boyle and introduced him to the press.
0: That's not a good sign.
3: So they now believe he is the favorite to start on Sunday.
0: All right. I've never even heard of this guy.
1: I've (laughs) never heard of this guy. All right.
3: Well, you
0: know, here's the thing. You (laughs) know what's going to end up happening? He's 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 gonna no come in. He's gonna course. put up 450 yards and five touchdowns. And we're gonna have the new Tony Romo, <laughs>
2: and then and then the Detroit wins 35 14. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah, yeah, it it, yeah. it definitely points to the chaos bowl. But um...
1: it's gonna be like Brady replacing Drew uh, Drew Bledsoe, and like you know, like Detroit's never gonna look back after this. But
0: like let's it's be real,
1: what team deserves it more than Detroit?
0: That's no, no, that's the like, point that's a fair point. you know no. what i won't
1: be upset at all if detroit wins this game i'm just right. I'm just to say it straight up like it's like oh good for them
3: yeah. yeah and uh yeah as an avid reader of uh twelfth life um i will say that i believe you mm. curtis <laughs> <laughs> he's, not he's not mad he's not gonna be mad he, yeah. he isn't mad anymore he's he's just not mad
1: <laughs> all right <laughs>
3: useless emotion.
1: I'm a little maddening, <laughs> but like,
3: um, <laughs> so I'm going to go, I'm actually going to pick the Seahawks to win this one. Um, oh,
1: good.
3: just, just for fun. And because I think it's going to be this Tim guy. So I think against Tim guy, we might actually win a game. Um, so I'm going to take the Hawks 21 to 13.
0: All right. I, uh, I also think they're going to take this one. I think, you know, we've seen the Seahawks pummel bad teams. And, and what I was afraid of with Chicago is that I don't think Chicago is necessarily like an awful team. I think Chicago is a great quarterback away from being a contender. Detroit, on the other hand, not so much. Um, I think the Seahawks are going to want revenge, and I think they're going to take it out. On Detroit, I think it's going to be. I think the offense is going to score some points. I think it's going to be thirty to seventeen. Nice, that'd be fun yeah. to see. I hope so. We'll see. You know, I
1: you were know. right this last week when all of us were picking Seattle. You were the one that's saying now nah, the
2: Bears.
0: I just Chicago is the kind of team that gives uh, Seattle fits. Mm-hmm. Yep, um, and their running back, I uh, Montgomery, I like him. Mm-hmm. He's tough. Yeah. Yeah. He's tough.
3: Yeah. They are getting um, Deandre Swift back.
1: back. Is, yeah, back.
3: So that'll be an interesting thing to see on Sunday as well.
0: All right. I want to, you know, we're going into a new year. This is the, this is uh, the last dorks on sports of 2021. Um, and so like going into 2022 um since the seahawks are not going to the playoffs this year uh i want to do um our wish for what the seahawks will do in their next season 2022 um things we'd like to see players we'd like them to sign um you know like front office moves we'd like them to make uh curtis give me give me some uh 2022 seahawks wishes
1: okay here's here's my here's my two wishes i wish for russell wilson to realize that he can achieve all of his legacy goals if he just embraces a run heavy offense in which he is a play action quarterback because that is what he is best suited to do in my opinion I don't I don't like this quick game stuff I don't like peppering it around that's not it just doesn't play to his strengths and I think if he can do that if I think if Carroll can embrace can convince him to embrace that I think we can see a huge bounce back here next year for Russell Wilson and then on the flip side I would love for Pete Carroll to come to terms that he has no idea how to build an offensive line. <laughs> he just doesn't. Yeah. It's he been has, I mean, he just he 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 finds people off the scrap heaps to play center. The the whole, you know, the whole weird off-season thing where Russ publicly complained about the offensive line and they did nothing to upgrade center at all. Yeah Was a hard watch this year, and so which was their think,
0: biggest need.
1: I think on the Carol, offensive line, Carol needs to go out and instead of spending, you know, five million dollars on Kerry Hyder and five million dollars on Benson Mayo, spend ten million dollars on a good effing center mm-hmm. right in front of Russell Wilson, and then you know, spend a little bit more on you know on a on a on a tackle upgrade and figure out a solution at left tackle if dwayne brown is going to retire which he might like like dwayne fix brown is done
0: yeah. dwayne out- brown looks like walter jones did in yeah. his last season he's done
1: it's going to be, it's, it's, it's going to be tough, but I think it's doable. And, you know, I mean, it could be a blessing in disguise if they lose the next couple of games and they get a higher pick at the top end of the second round where you might find like a really good right tackle for the next 10 years, mm-hmm. you know, but commit to it. Don't, 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 don't willy nilly around with it anymore. Don't, because Russ frankly deserves better, you know, and, you know, I'm just afraid that we're going to lose this quarterback. You know, yeah. if, if we don't like fully commit to him and I, and I think what he wants more than anything else is an offensive line. You know, I think if he can, if he can, he, he will, I think he will embrace the idea of, you know, his strengths work best as a play action, chunk play specialist quarterback. He wants to take those deep shots. The only way those deep shots are going to happen with consistency is if you run the ball. So that's, th- 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 those are my two wishes. That's what I wish.
0: And I, you know, I think Russell Wilson can't mask the deficiencies of that line anymore. You know, when no, he was young, yeah. he could do his little spinny pirouettes and he can make defensive ends look dumb, but you know, he's 33 years old now or whatever. He's slowed down. He he can't escape those guys anymore. <laughs> uh Alana, uh, what what are you wishing for for the Seahawks in 2022? Well, Y'all shared the the
2: article about Marshawn wanting to buy in into ownership, and I think yeah. that that is like uh, item number one for me. Like having someone on the ownership team who is has the ability to be the face of the franchise in a way. Yeah. Like, I mean, you look at the Cowboys and they have Jerry Jones. You look at we know Khan in Jacksonville. We know a, a wide variety of the owners across the board. Jody Allen, who by for all intents and purposes, is doing an all right job. Like mm. she's just invisible, right? So if we have someone who's in the ownership group who becomes a public face for the ownership, and it's Marshawn, like fucking love it. I'm all in. Like it's great. It's and he's a perfect representation of yeah. who the Seahawks are. Uh, so something like that, and and specifically Marshawn would be excellent um to have happen uh and then i i want to see um I, I agree with curtis about the offensive line entirely and i want to see some investment in the secondary like not scrappy bless austin uh, who again yeah. has done competently at times um and the other guy who was a, a UW grad. Jones. Thank you. Oh, Cindy Jones. Yeah.
1: Jones has done all right. He's done yeah.
2: Good. I mean, they, they, they've done fine, but they're not top tier. And, like, they're not even third tier. They're, like, fourth tier all right starters. It's okay. So, give me, like, buy in on somebody. I understand that it's a d- difficult defense to teach, a dif- difficult mm. set of um, criteria to teach. But if you're getting the best, they can learn it.
0: Yeah. I have a feeling that that is why Seattle got away from that bear defense a little bit. Because that yeah. bear defense relies on its cornerbacks. Because the cornerbacks are mainly playing man. Right. And you can be vulnerable to the, the big plays, uh, which is like, you know, the thing Pete Carroll cannot abide. Um, And, uh, you know, if they can get back to a bear defense, then Jamal Adams might be worth (laughs) what we gave up for him. The last uh... thing, the last
2: wish is to replace uh, Ken Norton with a young, intelligent coordinator who is. And when I say intelligent, I don't I don't mean to denigrate Norton, but I mean somebody who's like the Sean McVay on the defensive side. Somebody who is like all like envisioning. And because I think I think Carol works with
0: the type of person like that well yeah so yeah Millie what are your wishes for Seahawks twenty twenty two
3: a Super Bowl <laughs> no <Nah>, you <do. laughs> I
1: like that yeah
3: me too um, why didn't think of that but but how do you do that um I mean I think I think everything that's been said is is all good ideas uh you know all year all season. Most weeks, we came back to fire Ken Orton. It's it's something's got to give, and I I always say you know I don't know nearly as much about the the defensive side and how it works, and I learn a lot from listening to all of you and the research that I do for this. And what I consistently see in in opinion pieces that I read and what I hear from you all is that we, we have some really capable defensive players who yeah. aren't being used to the best of their ability. And any team relies on the idea that you have a leader who understands what your strengths and weaknesses are and uses them to the best ability of a team. Yeah. And when I take all those nuggets and I put them together, what I hear is we are never able to consistently create that team out of these fantastic players um you know you're not going to have a whole top tier group of people so you have to decide where where you need the top tier and where maybe you can go a little lower um and and where do you need to have more depth because for whatever reason these are the positions or these are the folks who as great as they are are occasionally the ones who are injury prone or a, a little older um being, you know, just having that mindset just seems to be the thing that I consistently hear is missing um, on the team. On the offensive side of the ball, I don't know. I mean, again, listening to all of you and the things I read, it does sound like Carol maybe needs to give up a little of that power and really focus. Um, and then but I don't know what to do about Russell Wilson. I, I will say that the thing I consistently am yelling at the TV that the hubs will say he hears out of me every week is Russell stop. You're not 22. Yeah.
0: It yeah, Just
3: yeah. every time yeah. you can see it about to happen and you're like, you either need to let go of the ball or you got to run and you are no longer capable of taking off. Like you used to, he still has that skill and he still needs to be able to surprise the defense and, and, and have all that. And he does, but it he's still not 22. Right. And that's where I get really stuck on my back and forth when we talk about, you know, do we keep Pete? Do we keep Russ? Can we keep them both? Can we keep neither? You know, I, I do get a little stuck on how much longer does Russell have and how much longer do I want to put up with that frustration but then do I really want to put up with a with something new <laughs> who was it last week that you said we were going to get the um was it the Giants quarterback Daniel
1: Jones, Daniel hate, Jones. like yeah. do you really want Daniel, Daniel Jones in Seattle you know you know so he's, he's 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 an athletic big arm quarterback I mean the that, super that, that's, smart well,
3: quarterback who knows maybe he would be great but yeah. there is a part of me that yearns for something new and that wants that mm-hmm. excitement that coming into this season, we didn't. I didn't have because I was so frustrated with all the off-season bullshit. Yes. And then it was promising for like a minute, and mm-hmm. and 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 it was all's forgiven, you know. And then I was right back to. Yeah, sometimes I just want shiny and new. So I, I want to see. I want to see some big changes, and I want to see what we can do with it. And that's really non-specific, but it's like you got to pick at least one. We just can't leave it like it was something's got to give something's got to move because this isn't going to work next year any better than it did this year.
0: Yeah, I, my wish is that I want to see the the power triumvirate back I want, uh, I want Pete I want john and I want Russ, I think they make an incredibly powerful pair when they're all on the same page and right now it doesn't feel like they're on the same page and haven't been for probably a few seasons yeah the three of them need to get on the same page and i and uh, you know hopefully jody is doing that and you know maybe cam chancellor if his tweet was you know yeah yeah (laughs) uh, yeah. pretty serious um i agree with curtis Uh, russell wilson's is not a high-volume quarterback. He never has been from even his college years. Russell Wilson is at his best when he's shrewdly efficient. Mm -hmm. Russell Wilson should never be throwing the ball more than 25 times a game. If Russell Wilson throws the ball more than 25 times a game, something went wrong in that game. Russell Wilson needs to lean on a power run game Mm -hmm. and take his chunk plays when, uh, when the defense gives it to him that's how he won uh those super bowls and i think that's how he needs to win now i understand that he's concerned with his legacy and my concern with russell wilson is that he thinks his legacy needs to be putting up gaudy numbers like Mm -hmm. peyton manning and aaron Rodgers, and you know even tom brady although tom brady has now become just a shrewdly efficient quarterback leaning on a run game and a strong defense
1: that's what, um, that's what L.A. did at the end of his career. Elway yeah. L.A. stopped gunning it all over the place. And that was, that was, a, that was a Mike Shanahan power run, you know, zone totally. run thing. And he just rode that to two back-to-back Super Bowls. Russ could do that. Russ has. I, Russ yes.
0: And Russ has already built a legacy. He can add to it by winning Super Bowls and he can win Super Bowls by leaning into some Pete Carroll football because that Pete Carroll football accentuates what he does well. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I want them to do, I, w- I I want Pete to give up control to John Schneider. Um, I think John Schneider is a better evaluator of talent. Um, and I think that if he were to do that, you know, we have a lot of cap space going into 2022. And instead of like getting these bargain bin, former first round draft busts, and all pros who are like 36 and past their prime, uh, go out and do the hard work and scout for your next Michael Bennett and Cliff Averill. We don't need an Aaron Donald. We need a deep roster of dogs who can go, like working class dogs who can go and get it. If you have four guys who are capable of getting eight sacks a season, that's fantastic and that is how we won games back in the legion of boon era um so that's my that's what i want i don't think the seahawks are actually that far away despite their record from being a contender i think that they need to play up their strengths and uh and then do the hard work and go find um like actually scout some people and you can get them for you know not that michael bennett and cliff aver both of them were not huge contracts when we brought them in in 2013 or whenever that was. So, uh, I think, I think the Seahawks and we need to solve uh, left tackle in the center, but I, 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 I honestly believe that's not a lot to ask. So, uh, Jody Allen, John Schneider, Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson, if you're listening, you know, take my advice. You might win a Super Bowl. That's all I'm saying. And if you do, uh, you know, just, uh, give me a little credit. That's all. Yeah. Um good well gohawks um i think we would be remiss if we didn't mention um the death of john madden um who is one of the all-time great personalities in the national football league history um and i just wanted to talk a little bit about him what he meant to the game what he meant to you um i love john madden <laughs> Um, I grew up watching John Madden and I think I can speak for my generation that of uh, who watched football as kids is that John Madden was the one who taught us the X's and O's and ins and out of football, which I, I, you know, before he came along wasn't necessarily something color commentators were doing, you know, John Madden breaking out his magic yellow marker and you know like showing breaking down coverages and showing where that's going and uh you know he ushered in a whole new era of um commentating. Uh I don't know John Madden as a coach very well that was before me. Uh mm-hmm. I know him mostly as a color commentator and as a personality. Um he was an everyman. Uh I thought he broke everything down in uh, not simple terms, but easy to digest uh, ways of um, you know, learning. Uh, and he taught me a lot about football. Uh, just by watching him Uh, I know like you know it's his whole thing of you you know uh, well the person who's gonna win is the one who scores the most points and you know the one who loses is the one who's gonna lose you know and all those things which is a little sticky I think Mm -hmm. and his sort of um, grandpa dad sense of humor Um, but uh, I you know he's he leaves a lasting legacy and I wanted to honor the man um, Curtis, you know, we're from the same generation. Uh, what do you think of John it? Uh, what, what did he mean to you? Yeah, he, he, he,
1: he made me a fan of football. Um, uh, I can remember. <clears throat> I'm a little bit older than you. I was probably uh, early elementary um, back in the late 70s. Um, and i can remember uh because my dad always had football games on on sunday and i remember being in the living room playing with my little star wars figurines and the game was on and it was the raiders and it was some other i think it was i think it was in denver because it was uh it was like (laughs) blizzardy and uh I wasn't paying attention too much, but something caught my eye. And I was watching this gigantic, just behemoth dude with like mutton chops and <laughs> just long hair. And he was in like short sleeves and a tie. And he was just marching up and down the sideline, barking at a rat. <laughs> and my dad was like, ah, shut the hell up. You know, something like that. And I was just like, who is that guy? And, uh, you know, dad was just like, ah, oh, it's John Madden. He's a total asshole, blah, blah, blah. And I just, uh, I started watching it and that was like, I remember it being like the first time I watched a football game with like a rooting interest, uh, <laughs> and it was just something about the Raiders, you know, they, they were just so, they were just so rock and roll. It was like, you know, the long hair. Uh, the cigarettes on the sideline, uh, you know, The huge afros, just the the whole like you know we don't give a shit. Uh, you know we're gonna, <laughs> you know here's our offense, you can't stop it. Here's our defense, we're gonna crush you, sort of thing like that. And um, you know later on, you know a few years down the road when I became a Seahawks fan in the early '80s, I always sort of carried a bit of that, you know that that Raider envy with me just because they were so, I mean, it was just like, it was just total rock and roll. I mean, they were like the Rolling Stones. Uh, yeah. They just came into the town and they owned it. And I can remember thinking and how, when um, when I saw, you know, many years later, you know, after the first couple seasons of, um, you know, Pete Carroll, when Russ came in, and uh, and I was actually at that game uh, at the um, when the Patriots came to town, and it was the you mad bro sort of whole moment. That and was Russell's
0: uh, whole, like the, the kind of uh, him It was kind of a breakout game out. for Russell. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it was like his breakout game.
1: game. <laughs> yeah, he 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 threw that gorgeous deep ball to, to Sydney, uh, Rice. Sydney Rice. Sidney yep. you know, Rice, right between the two defenders, and it was just electric. And it was like. I just kind of looked, you know, I was there with my nephew, who's like a few years younger than me. And I was just turned around and I was just like, dude, this is like the Oakland Raiders. This is like Oakland Raider football. This is Oakland Raider football in Seattle. Like I've finally been given my gift. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and just for that whole, that whole chunk of time, you know, 2012 you know, to, you know, you know, 2000 you know before the the whole la lob thing dismantled and everybody you know was either cut or retired because of injury um it just really felt like this was finally like the brand of football um that i could really you know get excited about as a seahawk fan and it was really it was it was john madden football yeah and you know he was just he, he was he was just like I don't know he was just like this crazy sort of uncle who was just like a football <laughs> yeah. junkie you know yeah. and I would watch and loved
0: would, the game
1: yeah and, I, and and yeah and and you know he did on Monday night football he he was on ABC he was on you know NBC and he was on CBS and um yeah uh he was a lot of fun I I remember thinking um oh. uh I read this book Uh, when I was in my early 20s um, that I bought secondhand called um, one knee equals two feet that he wrote and it was just a really simplistic sort of breakdown of like not just the strategies of football but the different philosophies that like he would he would pick out a coach of the day you know Um, like Bill Walsh and explain like what the whole like the evolution of the west coast offense and how these short passes were just like runs and all this sort of stuff and it was just i don't know he just made me kind of like you know when i was in my early 20s reading this book um just more of a student of the game yeah i started to get more fascinated by it so yeah it was really sad when he left the the booth too because it was just so entertaining
0: I agree. Um, Yeah. And that personality just hasn't really been filled since. Um, Alana, uh, do you have anything to say? Uh, I
2: hope that everyone here finds someone who looks at them the same way that John Madden looks at a turducken. (laughs) I was hoping somebody would bring that up. I remember watching that game I remember when he tore into that turducken and I was watching it, I was probably 12 Or something like that, and I'm just watching him. Oh, and like just, He just lit up It was like an inferno On the screen of this man Who had found his soulmate In a goddamn turkey Duck chicken, and it was It was like grease everywhere And he's like throwing it into his mouth And I feel like the um Oh, what's his name? The the uh impression uh, impressionist um who they have oh. on the box. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
2: I feel like I his, his relationship with the Trukken is not an exaggeration. <laughs> no, and maybe that's right. <laughs> maybe that's memory, uh and the it's just like this nostalgia working into it. But like the, he did a lot for um American cuisine in that moment, and uh, <laughs> and he has a very special relationship with that. With that <laughs> <bird>. <laughs> so oh, I Millie. just think everyone finds that. Yes,
0: look it up, Millie. Uh, have any Have any words for the for the
3: late John Men? I do. I got a few actually, um, because I, I mean, what an what an amazing career and life. Yeah. And, you know, he would often talk about what do you say? I never worked a day in my life and and by, and not to, you know, discount how much work it is to do all of these things. But, you know, from his perspective, he basically started his life playing football and he never stopped being part of that. And to him, that was, that was not working. And, and isn't that what we all aspire to, especially this group of people with their, their love of theater, And I think all of us, if we could, would, would simply do that all day is, is make our art and, and, and theater and, and live that life where we felt like we were never working because it was just a constant joy. And he really worked at that and he was willing to share it. It was in his voice. And that voice is just always in your head. I mean, it's, it's in my head from being a a kid, um, you know, when he, when he was in the booth and yeah, he is that voice of football in my youth and, um, so I, yeah, I hear it. And then, it, and then it moved into the video games. So as much as I don't really play Madden, I was around it enough and the hubs plays it all the time. And, and you, so you get that, that voice in your head and, mm-hmm. you know, the, the quotes that are just so great, you know, when your arm gets hit, ball's not going to go where you want it to. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 It's, it's fantastic. What was that this other one I just found which is the road to easy street goes through the sewer (laughs) sure buddy (laughs) um and 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 yeah he did he broke it down and and I loved it but I was really thinking about the other things that I come to mind when I thought of John Madden and one of them was I remember learning as a kid that he um he was so afraid of flying Yes. And oh, he had the right. bus. And yes. I think about that. And I it occurs to me, even though I don't think it was within in that context in the time, but this was one of the first people I can think of who put their mental health way out there and said, oh, I'll, I'll do all of this, but I'm going to do it from a bus mm-hmm. and you're going to have to accommodate me and my mental health issue. And that's not how we framed it at the time. But he was very honest about his absolute fear of flying and of claustrophobia and of heights and I was hearing about when he first did his um his like trial interview and he was he seemed so nervous in in the booth and it turns out he was nervous because he was up so high he wasn't mm-hmm. used to, 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 to being up that high looking down on the game like that was making him a little shaky um and and I realized that that's something that, it just sort of occurred to me yesterday when I was thinking through all of the little things about John Madden that we, that are just John Madden. He had a yeah, bus. Yeah, we
0: just kind of take for granted.
3: And he went everywhere in this bus. And I remember as a kid thinking that was really cool. Um, especially as I got a little older, I developed a very serious fear of flying that I, I don't have much of anymore, but I maintain to this day a, a real fear of heights. And um, I don't know, it just, it just like with anything with mental health, it was it was helpful to know that you could demand accommodation um, and that you could be honest about your need for it yeah um, and it's it's not something I had really connected until uh, he passed and I started thinking about him yeah and the so bus he became was just important in a million different ways yeah yeah it, and it, it became
0: a part of him and his mythology um I thought he was a, a fan of the of the game. And just last words, uh, I wanted to share. I I I was trying to find what game it was, and I couldn't find anything. I I didn't spend a lot of time on the internet looking for it. But there's a I, I remember a game and I don't remember who the teams were. It's either Brett Favre or Tom Brady. I I can't remember. He loved them both.
1: He loved
0: uh, but Brett there Favre. was It was like at the end of the game and whomever it was, the quarterback, it was, you know, in the last seconds and hit the thing and it went for the touchdown and long touchdown and it won the game. And as the color commentator, all I remember is John Madden going, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, and that was like. That's just him as a fan watching football. Like he's not, he can't say anything about what happened or uh, what the players were thinking or what the defense or offense was. He just kept shouting, oh my goodness. And I just thought, well, uh, ah, that's John Madden. Um, and I thought that was fantastic. Uh, I love it. So um, super sad. Uh, he meant a lot to the game. And um, I think he has got a deep, deep legacy. Um Briefly, before we get into dorking, uh, Kyle Seeger just announced his retirement. Uh, So I think, I think he might be the only Seattle Mariner other than Edgar Martinez to play their full career with the M's. Did, um, uh, fastball, uh, no hitter.
2: Uh,
0: oh, uh, Jamie Moyer. No. No, no, no. Uh, no, no no uh felix hernandez felix uh, did he hernandez. ever play for another team did know, he ever get know. up i think he was
1: on a he was on like a minor league he was yeah it, with it, it, the 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 contract thing yeah felix i don't know
0: hernandez let's uh yeah he was with the orioles for a little bit oh, okay yeah Got it. um I'm not going to come here and like pretend that Kyle Seager was like the best baseball player to put on a Mariners oh. uniform, but he was certainly one of the most, mm. I don't even know how to put this. Um, He meant a lot, I think. I I, I mean, Kyle Seager is, is one of my favorite Seattle Mariners, and he was just a working class baseball player. He's never going to be in the Hall of Fame or anything, but he exemplified um hard work and the love of the game and loyalty um there's something about Kyle Seeger and and maybe it's just that you know I uh for basically the entire 2010s uh Kyle Seeger was amazed of the Seattle Mariners so if I think of the Seattle Mariners the 2010s I'm going to think of Kyle Seeger but um you know he's he's just one of those really good guys and i'm just very very thankful that the seattle mariners were was the team that he got to play for Um, And that I got to build a relationship to. I don't think I'll ever forget his last game watching on TV, you know, uh, where the fans were giving him the love and he's wiping his eyes. Uh, He's just a really, really, really great dude. Um, And, you know, I, uh, good for him. Um, I, am sad that he retired, but you know, I think he did it in his best interest and he's going to have great life with his family. The Mariners gave him a lot of money, you know, so good for him. Uh, I'm really surprised
2: he didn't sign with the Rangers, uh, to play with his brother. Like, I'm really surprised that that didn't happen. Um, and I think that the main thing about Kyle Singer is that he's just a true professional. Like that was like, he came to the park every day. He did his job. He did it. Uh, with a lot of people pressuring him to be better. Um, And he wasn't all the time, uh, but he was always, he was consistent. He was always there. Um, I'm really, I'm really pleased that he retired a Mariner. I think that that's, it's, it's meaningful that he did that.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. You're a kind of
2: resident baseball person. What's that? I said, Millie, you're our resident baseball. player. yeah, that, What's yeah. on exactly. your part? Millie?
3: Do you have any thoughts on uh on Kyle Seeger's retirement? Yeah, I mean, I I think I think I think you all covered it. I think anytime somebody spends their entire career, and especially with how well he was playing. This last season.
0: I mean, arguably his best career was the, or his best uh, season was his last.
3: Yeah. I mean, it was it, it was definitely um, a surprise. I, I didn't, I don't think anybody saw that coming, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, it seems like it is truly a matter of, of a choice. For so often, you know, people, it, it's like, well, nobody's really offering me the money or whatever. I'm sure he could have gone somewhere if he wanted to. I'm sure he could have made a lot of choices. And in the end, what he chose was, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out the way I wanna go out and yeah. I'm gonna go spend time with my family and I'm gonna I'm gonna root for the mariners until I die. Like thanks and thanks for everything you did. And I think he probably had a huge influence on this team, yeah. and this team that we all have high hopes for, that everyone's looking at like this this could be a, a real contender, and he's a huge part of that, and it's it's yeah. unfortunate that we can't keep him for another season. Um, and so I just, nothing but respect, man. This it's kind of beautiful.
0: Yeah, I love it. And if his lasting legacy is that he was um, the leader and sort of like the voice of reason and the voice of passion for this clubhouse going into 2022, man, that's awesome. And, you know, maybe the most Kyle Seeger thing to have happened <laughs> for that team. Um, I know those players uh, who are all coming back had a lot of love for him as he <laughs> did for them. Um, let's get into dorking. Uh, you know, uh, this is the end of the year. Uh, I figure this is uh, all of us dorks. We like our TV. Uh, so uh, at the end of the year, let's let's do a listicle. Uh, you know, your favorite TV shows of the year. I, I-, I can start out. I-, I-, I did a top five. And uh, here, this is my top five. I've got two from Apple TV. I got uh, the TV show Mythic Quest um, about uh, by Rob McElhenney and Charlie Day and uh, some of the folks at It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia who created a TV show about a video game company that does their universe's version of World of Warcraft. Um, it's hilarious in uh, the way It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is, but also has a lot of heart in the way It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia does not. Um, And I find it's a way for these guys to sort of like get that out uh, because It's Always Sunny will never be that show. Um, Also on Apple TV, uh, Ted Lasso, uh, which I just love. Uh, The first season, the second season was uh, brilliant. Um, I have two shows on Hulu, I've got Reservation Dogs, and um I also have uh, uh only murders in the building. And then uh, maybe my favorite TV show of 2021, HBO's uh succession, which you've heard Alana and I uh dork out on quite a bit on this podcast. Um Curtis, give me, give me, give me your favorite TV shows of 2020,
1: 2021. Ooh, um definitely reservation dogs is my top. Um it, just, um, yeah, it was everything I wanted it to be. It was it was funny, it was quirky, um, it was very accurate. Uh, with um, indigenous reservation life, um, in which, you know, I grew up around, um, uh, I would say probably right after that is just uh, the love I have for Ted Lasso. And it's really interesting how both of them um, sort of deal with a lot of quirk and offbeat and yet they still sort of find these kind of poignant uh human moments of struggle um and i think that's a really really interesting cocktail uh for me as a viewer uh that will hook me in pretty easily um i loved uh steve martin and martin short and salim gomez and uh Only Murders in the Building. I thought that was freaking hilarious and just brilliant (laughs) physical comedy um, from Martin at age 80 now. (sighs) Like that is just, if that is not must watch TV, if any listener hasn't seen that yet, do yourself a solid and start streaming that one. Um, Yeah, those are probably, those are probably it for me. Um, I loved in terms of like, you know, the Uh, you know the escapist entertainment um i love the mandalorian um and uh i really enjoyed hawkeye um would you say
0: hawkeye is your favorite marvel
1: tv it was yeah i enjoyed each one of them but that one stood out more for me it's interesting how the mandalorian and hawkeye both deal with dad issues and myself being a father um i sort of relating to storylines and i just streamed uh the 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 first episode of book of Boba Fett this morning and that seems like that's has a lot of potential to um carry forth um all the things i really enjoyed in the mandalorian uh, if people like uh, spaghetti westerns and they like, um, you know, uh, outer space, uh, you know, um, melodrama, um, that, those are the shows for you, I think. Yeah. I enjoyed The Hackers, too, the Hackers show on, that I was watching on uh, uh, HBO Max. The, the
2: Hacker
0: show? show?
1: Hackers no, no hacks. Hacks. Oh
0: hacks. Hacks. hacks is uh hacks, hacks. is great. Hacks uh, hacks uh almost made my top five. Uh, yeah. I enjoyed hacks, hacks
1: was show. pretty hilarious. That yeah, was, it was yeah.
0: enjoyable. Millie, uh, what were your favorite TV shows?
3: You know, I, I, uh, <laughs> I made quite a list, <laughs> and I, I I found myself wishing, um because I, I have, I, I'll be honest, I've started to have such a poor memory, uh, and I consume way too much, uh, <laughs> television, um, that, uh, and I think Alana, you might do this. I'm like, I should really start keeping a little, a little log. I, a little, to, a little I need to, I need to create an
0: Excel spreadsheet for because myself I really, and just start keeping track. I know I
3: hit the end of the year and I see other people make these lists and I'm like, man, what did I, what did I see? Oh, I loved something. What was it?
2: Here's a tr- real good trick for that. Metacritic has a top series of the year list or, or TV in 2021. It has a list of 220 shows that aired in 2021. And I just went through that list and was like, watched it, watched it, didn't watch it, watched it, watched it. Watched it. And it really helped. Um, it doesn't have everything, especially kids stuff. So I had to like search my mind there, but it helped a lot. And it doesn't have a lot of the reality TV stuff either.
3: Well, and that's, that's super smart. Um, and what I'm thinking of right now. So if, if somebody wants to run with this, just pay me. Um, we need a Goodreads for television. Yep.
0: Yeah. Oh, I 1, Listen, M- Millie just gave somebody out there a million dollar idea.
3: <laughs> somebody do it because somebody make it if You can recommend it to other people. You can keep track of what shows you watched. And oh, those ones, did I ever them. finish that? Did I ever finish that? This is what I
0: need. You're right.
3: <laughs> a um, million so dollar idea. I will. I I went through it. I tried to avoid stuff that was um that was older that I just now got to, but I couldn't help myself with my number one. Um. So I, I did a 10 and I'll just go through them quickly. I won't, I don't have to color on all of them, but number 10 was shadow and bone. I had to put something from that genre in there, especially because shout out to number one fan, uh, sister, Amanda. Um, we watch it together with a little Facebook messenger video chat. We nice. watched Shadow and Bone together. We, we try to do that with shows throughout the year. And this was probably my favorite that we watched together this year. I didn't know anything about Shadow and Bone. So it was all new world and characters for me. And I loved it and I can't wait for more which is how I decided that was my favorite of that. That was 10. Um, number nine, Squid Game. I think it's worth watching. It's fascinating. Uh, number eight for me was Mayor of Easttown just Mm -hmm. stellar stellar performances a great plot nothing wasted um and it's it's short so they didn't have time to get stupid extraneous plot lines in there (laughs) um and number seven was castlevania which um I I, i don't know if i ever actually did manage to put in our dorking section i can't remember but um it's it's not usually my thing but there is just some some existential stuff that happens in that last season that is absolutely worth watching um number six star trek discovery i'm on the current the most recent season right now um but the previous season that i finished uh, earlier this year uh it was just spectacular um number five which i haven't seen on a lot of lists uh is resident alien um sci-fi channel oh, is that the alan tudyk one alan tudyk uh I mean, they're never going to give him an Emmy and they should the, uh, the work he does in that show, the physical comedy, the voice work, uh, all of it. Um, and, and to make this, this character who walks the line of truly being, he is the the villain. He's a bad guy, but it's, he's experiencing humanity and emotion and it's changing who he is. And, um, There's certainly some allegories in there. (laughs) Uh, But it's a lot, and it's a lot of fun. And it's got a lot of very interesting actors and characters. Um, Number four, Ted Lasso. I experienced it with all of you. You saw me experience it from like episode one. (laughs) Um, So for me, season one and two are just one long season. And it was just brilliant and funny and everything I needed in my life. Um, My final three are just... I, I could ch- interchange them depending on the day of the week, but number three for me was WandaVision. Um,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, I love that.
3: Talk one. about <laughs> it. Um, it's a meditation on grief that is just mm-hmm. so beautifully done, without mm-hmm. dwelling in the grief, and instead uh, understanding how how we try to expand ourselves beyond grief and 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 love. And it's if if you think about it a lot it's spectacular in ways you just don't think about when you're actually watching it. Yeah. And I think she's that's going to so be so... in the
0: next, uh, Dr. Strange. Um... It's, it's,
3: it's really special television to yeah. be able to do that, especially that's with a science fiction show, yeah. like it blows my mind. Um, number two, for me, only murders in the building. I love that I got to basically experience that show with you dorks. So on top of the fact, it is absolutely one of the best things I saw a year. It will always have a special place in my heart because we shared it. Um, it me mean, yeah. meant a lot. Mm-hmm. And number one for me, I've talked about it on here before, uh, is flight attendant. Same thing. You get to the end and you think back over this no. journey, and um, it's really a 2020 show. But I got it this year, and the um, same thing. You just you look back and you realize this journey and all of these different things that you were actually going through during the course of this television show,
0: mm-hmm. which
3: is this mishmash of drama and and sp- spy caper and 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 you know this wonderful woman who's finding herself and figuring out who she is. Um, that one for me, I decided in the end was my number one and it's from 2020, so I'm cheating, but uh, that's my list as fast as I could give it. <laughs> I like it. I want
2: it I'm really curious how, how season two of that's gonna be because I really liked season one, but it, it felt totally complete in such a way that I feel like a season two might just fall flat on its face. And I'm hoping that doesn't happen. Anyway, uh, my list. Um, okay, so I have uh, four series that were on HBO or HBO Max. I have three that were on Hulu. And then one each for Disney+, Plus, uh, Peacock, and Apple TV. I have a couple of honorable mentions, too, that I'll just shout out real quick. For me, the second best Marvel show was Hitmonkey for the year. I highly recommend watching that. It's lovely. I would have put Inside on this list by Bill Burnham, but it's not a series, so I didn't think it, it fit. Um,
0: Expanse, Inside was one of mine, too, but I yeah. it's for the same reason as you, it was it wasn't a TV show. Right. Uh, Expanse Season 5, which started in 2020, aired three episodes, and then
2: aired the rest in 2021. I didn't think it was reasonable to include that on this list, um, but I made a different choice than uh, Millie and we all make our choices uh, that we wanna make. Uh, and then Hacks and Love Life from HBO Max, uh, two, two series that are just centered around tremendous performances uh, and uh, were, were really great. And then the really like, the one that I wanted to include, there's a, there's a series on TikTok called My Telepathic Mother, um, where it's 66 episodes, there's one person, one character who's playing, or one person who's playing probably up to 55 characters. She does a different accent for each of this, these characters uh, uh, and fully builds them into complete human beings. And it's wonderful. Uh, and I highly recommend my telepathic mother um, seek it out, find it, walk, spend an hour, watch them all. It's great. Uh, so, my actual list. Uh, Number 10 is sort of, which is one of two on this list that are really about, you know, my kind of my my identity. It's about a non-binary, I'm not non-binary, but um, it's about a a non-binary nanny who is Pakistani, uh, who is um, dealing with uh, the kind of injury of the person that they nanny for and kind of dealing with this. Early life crisis. Uh, they're in there like 25 or so. I watched the whole season in one sitting. It's six episodes. It's wonderful. It's warm. It's funny. And it's queer content without the main focus of it being queer. Um, we Are Here, uh, which is a spinoff from RuPaul's Drag Race. Race. I didn't, I don't like RuPaul's Drag Race. This is about three drag queens come to a town and put on a drag show. And it's, beautiful and you'll I cried in every single episode. And they did an episode in Evansville, Indiana, where I went to college that was just like tremendously like heartwarming for me. Um my favorite, this is number eight, my favorite Disney Plus series was Loki. Uh I just thought the the Doctor Who ness of it all served that world really well. I thought that um the woman who played Sylvie was phenomenal. I thought that all the choices were super creative and interesting. And it was my favorite of the Disney Plus Marvel shows. Uh, I can't wait for season two. My kid is tremendously excited about season two. Uh, Only Murders in the Building is number seven. I loved it. Uh, Much like all of you, I loved sharing it with you. The episode with uh, the deaf actor was truly stunning TV. uh, And I want more of that type of thing. Um, This is my weird one, Station Eleven. Uh it comes from the coaching tree of Damon Lindelof. So it's uh where it's Patrick Somerville, I think is his name, is the show winner of it. It's based on the book by Emily St. John Mandel, and it is about a pandemic, but it is told in a way that is warm and hopeful. And the main content of it, the, the center, uh the backbone of it is that art is important and Survival requires artists, and it's not done in a really um, like pretentious way. It's beautiful. I think you all should watch it. I loved it, and it doesn't
0: it's feel ending, like it's. It's ended up on a lot of top lists. It's tremendous. Yeah, uh, this last I'm three episode.
3: episodes in, so I couldn't I couldn't put it on my list yet. But it's I am really enjoying it.
2: Yeah. Uh, episode five is like big time, beautiful and shocking at the same time. Uh, number five is dope sick. The performances in that were phenomenal across the board, especially in like some of the smaller parts, the guy that played, uh, Beth's dad in it, who is also is just a really well-known character actor named Ray McKinnon. I think uh, he's, he's brilliant. And then Michael Keaton is brilliant. Um, Caitlin, uh, I can't remember her last name. Uh, Devers, uh, who um, plays—that's is brilliant. It's it's a wonderfully acted show, and I loved it. Um, Mm -hmm. Number four is The Great, which is about Catherine the Great, uh, and it is told in this really anachronistic comedic like everything's. Watching
1: that show and digging it.
2: It's so good. Everything smells like shit throughout the whole castle, and Nicholas Holt is in it. It's wonderful. Uh, it's great. Watch it. Um, Number three is Succession. You heard Curtis and I, or sorry, Daniel and I talk about that a lot. Uh, The writing on that show is impeccable. Um, Number two, this was the one that I surprised myself with because of how much I've still been thinking about it. And I, I haven't seen it. I've seen it on some lists, but I haven't seen it on a lot of lists. We are lady parts on Peacock. It is Mm. about a Muslim punk band formed in London. And it has original music uh, for it. Uh, and it's just about these four, these five Muslim women who are representing their identity and their religion in very different ways. Uh, and it, it is funny and it is insightful and it is a peek into a world that I, I don't ever get, I don't feel like we get to see. Um, and if there's a season two coming, it's worth the, the price of Peacock. Uh, it's, it's great. And then my number one series was For All Mankind, season two. Uh, the ability to juggle the number of storylines that are in that season and have them all culminate in a series of moments in the way that that season did was truly stunning and had me weeping. It was a it it, it was a season finale that I I thought about this, keeping in mind that this. Aired at the very start of the year. I think it was done by April. I've still thought about that season finale almost every day that, uh, since. Um, and the, it, it was, I'm supremely excited for the next season. And I think that it's going to end up being some kind of prequel to Star Trek. I think that, like, oh, by the, they're planning seven seasons. It started in the 60s and then they did 60s to 70s. Season two was in the 80s. Season three is going to be in the 90s. Uh, the tease for season three at the end of season two is just like ah! and then then they're going to go, you know, 2000s, 2010s, 2020s. And then I think we'll get a season in the 2030s and a season in the 2040s, if I'm not mistaken. Um, mm-hmm. So and it's meant to be alternate history. Uh, what if the Russians landed on the moon first and then how would America respond to that? And it would likely mean that we never lose interest in the space race. Uh, and how does that go? So I feel like there's it could be like oh my goodness we're gonna go and then it's like oh this this was a Star Trek prequel the whole time. I'm into it. So,
0: yeah,
1: highly recommend. It?
0: That's awesome. All right. Well, uh, what was the uh, name uh, of that uh, one again?
1: For all mankind. It's on Apple yeah. TV. Okay, cool. I'm gonna check that
0: one out. Apple it's TV cool. putting out really great content this yeah. year. Mm-hmm. Um, just really, really great content. There's there's some TV shows on Apple TV that didn't make my list but uh, that are truly wonderful I really enjoyed watching. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm excited to see what they come out with next because I think they're really onto something. They've um, got the, uh, the, hey.
2: um, the, who, the, the guys who made Lego Movie and 21 Jump Street and um, I, I've, uh, I can't fucking remember their names right now um but they're they're the oh and they made the spider-man movie uh the um the newest one that won the oscar i'm blanking but they have a rashomon style show coming out called the after party that has got everybody in it and then and it's on apple tv check it out just the after party it looks great all
0: right i'll have to do that yeah the apple tv good stuff uh, um I, we've really enjoyed sharing this podcast with you in 2021 and I think we're even more excited to start sharing it with you in 2022. Um check out Curtis's blog, 12life.com. Always good content on there. Uh hit the uh hit the plus on, you know, Spotify and Apple Podcasts, wherever you're getting those podcasts, uh, follow us, you know. Uh, Once again, my name is Daniel for Alana, Millie, Curtis, the rest of Twelves, saying goodbye and go go Hawks!
2: Go Hawks!
0: Go Hawks!